What's going on, everybody? What is going on? What is going on, my beautiful people out there? I uh, waited until Tuesday for the Week 13 recap show so I could include the Monday Night Football game. Uh, typically do it on Mondays, but it is Tuesday, December 7th, about 4 p.m. Cold day in Pennsylvania today. Uh, very windy, very nippy. Uh, kind of similar to the New England game uh, in that was in Buffalo uh, for Monday Night Football, uh, but we will get to that game uh, as part of the recap. But in case you guys do not know or you forgot, my name is Cole Haight. This is the All In Man Cave podcast recap show uh, for Week 13. Crazy week again in the NFL. A lot of upsets, a lot of crazy stuff going on, a lot of big wins, a lot of close wins, Uh, but we're going to take a look at all of that. Uh, On the betting front, uh, 6 of 13 this week against the spread, Uh, Not nothing uh, to write home about, Uh, and over-unders was worse at 5 of 13, and the parlay was 2 of 6, so didn't do very good on the betting front this week uh, in terms of against the spread or over-unders, and I swear the parlay will hit at some point between now and the end of the season. Uh, but uh, we got to hope we got a few more weeks left we can make this work we can hit one of these parlays uh, and get get us some some extra money some extra spending cash for the holidays hopefully before Christmas Uh, but uh, we're swinging right into the holiday season put up the decorations they look good inside and outside both look pretty good got a if I don't know if anybody saw my tweet uh, on my Twitter of the Minnesota Vikings tree uh, I got it set up right here in the man cave where I'm currently at. Uh, white tree with a lot of a lot of purple on it. Uh, unfortunately, did not help us win against the stinky lions. Uh, and as per the usual, which will not be so usual this week, uh, we're going to start off with the Vikings game. The Lions get their first win of the season against the hapless Minnesota Vikings defense. Lions win 29-27 on a Jared Goff touchdown pass with three seconds left on the clock. Unbelievable, unbelievable game to watch. Uh, Every Vikings game so far this year has been the exact same way. Uh, Nail-biter up until the end. Either we kick a field goal, we lose by one, or in this instance, uh, a Jared Goff 12-yard touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, who I dropped for my fantasy team last week. Uh, unfortunate for me, but Jared Goff looked good in this game. Now, does is Jared Goff good, or is my defense just bad? Uh, probably a little bit of a combination of both. Probably more my defense being bad than Jared Goff being good. Uh, but Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl. He's a, he's an average average to below average quarterback, depending on his protection. Not very mobile in the pocket. Uh, I've made the comparisons before, similar to a Jimmy G, a Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff needs everything around him to be successful. But kudos to the Lions for getting their first win of the year. Uh, Let's switch to the other side of the football, and let's talk about my Vikings. So the Vikings defense is atrocious, and I don't know if it's the, the hodgepodge of free agent players that we've signed. The injuries in this game was crazy, both starting linebackers uh, and Patrick Peterson. Uh, Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks, Patrick Peterson out. Uh, All of the injuries to the pass rushers and Everson Griffin with his issues off the field. Daniil Hunter being injured. Uh, There's a lot of of defensive injuries, and that's something that Mike Zimmer is probably going to use as his pitch to not get fired, although that is what I am going for. Uh, Let's just talk him real quick. Mike Zimmer needs out. 
and and it's not a, a situation where he's a bad coach. It's not a situation where I don't believe in his scheme and I don't believe in him as a head football coach. But there's something going on on this football team uh, where no, nobody's really meshing together, uh, and that's happening on both sides of the football, and it's happening between the coaching staff, the GM, and the players. Uh, it seems like somebody's calling somebody out every week, whether it be Justin Jefferson on Kirk Cousins, whether it be uh, the offensive players calling out defensive players, whether it be the COVID issues. There's there's a very long list of things that are wrong with this football team, uh, and it scares me to death to, to say this, uh, but it's probably the right move. Uh, there needs to be a shakeup. And it needs to happen by the end of this season. Now, the Vikings have never been a team to get rid of a head coach midseason. They're still technically in the playoff hunt, although we've lo- they've lost every important game to stay atop of that playoff hunt uh, in the 49ers game and obviously this game against an easy opponent in the Detroit Lions. Uh, kudos to Dan Campbell. Uh, I'm going to say that before I get back on my little Viking soapbox here, but kudos to Dan Campbell for coaching a, a well, a well played game. Uh, he, he played, he, he coached well and he kept his team in it. They tried to give it up at the end. The Vikings came roaring back, but in the end, still an, a loss for the Vikings. Alexander Madison and Justin Jefferson carried this team on offense. Kirk Cousins made passes, made good ones, made bad ones. Typical Kirk Cousins game. Uh, it's Justin Jefferson had an amazing game, 11 catches for 182 and a touchdown. Alexander Madison a little over, I think it was tw- he had 22 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown as well. Helped out through the air with some dump-off passes. Uh, but the play calling still becomes an issue. Uh, so if you're taking my vote on this game, I'm thinking Zimmer needs to be fired. Clint Kubiak, the offensive coordinator, needs to be fired. I would be okay with getting rid of Kirk Cousins as well. Can't win big games. Can't get anything done in prime time. All of those things you need to make a Super Bowl run. Listen, I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins is the hugest issue on the Vikings right now. He definitely is not. But maybe Mike Zimmer out and a new head coach in. Kirk Cousins starts to play a little bit better. But I know Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins don't like each other. It's clear as day. It, 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 the match is not made in heaven. Therefore, the team is struggling in terms of team chemistry. And team chemistry is everything. Your defensive coach and Mike Zimmer, your your defense is awful. Even with all the injuries, you can't use injuries as an excuse all season, uh, which led to the loss and the terrible defensive play calls for the, fi- the Lions' final drive where they actually hit the game-winning touchdown pass. So... Uh, that that's my soapbox. I figured I'd get it out of the way early uh, in this pod and not wait until the end. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, slightly before we move on, uh, nobody please take the Vikings minus the points against Pittsburgh this week. Uh, please don't do that. Uh, if you're going to take anything, please take the. Uh, if you if you believe that much in the Vikings, take the money line. Uh, if not, take Pittsburgh plus the points because I took Detroit plus the points and it won me last week. So, uh, and the Vikings never win when they're favored. Uh, especially this season. So let's move on. Next game on the docket, the Bucks beat the Falcons 30-17. to uh, The Bucks look pretty good. Uh, similar situation to what they were in last season where they had a few iffy games uh, leading up to the last, I would say the last quarter of the season where they turned on the Jets. Tom Brady looked good. Gronk looked amazing in this football game. Looks like he's nearing 100%, which is awesome for the for Buccaneers fans and the Buccaneers team themselves. Uh, Gronk, big target. Him and Tom Brady have a slew of silent silent counts, silent... Uh, 
unspoken tips to what they're going to run, what he wants Gronk to run, what Gronk wants from Tom. They have a lot of that stuff from back in New England where they built this chemistry that they have. So good to see Gronk back, uh, being able to make the plays that he used to make uh, in the past few years because he's been dinged up basically all season. But let's flip the script. Let's talk about Atlanta because they have a lot of question marks going into this offseason and for the rest of this season. The whole Calvin Ridley issue, I appreciate that he wants to step away from the game a bit, work on his mental health, but they can't figure out a way to find a down-the-field target that's not Kyle Pitts. Uh, And Cordero Patterson seems to be carrying them in the rushing game, so they can't lean on him completely throughout every football game. Matt Ryan, it looks like he's aging and aging quickly. And it's not helping that the team that's surrounding him right now is subpar in terms of skills. That's just the truth. Mike Davis isn't getting it done on the ground, therefore they're leaning on Cordero Patterson. Russell Gage is not helping them try and fill the Calvin Ridley spot, therefore Kyle Pitts is getting most of the attention on uh, from opposing defenses. So it seems to be an issue where... <clears throat> oh, I apologize for that. It seems to be an issue that they can't figure out the chemistry, uh, and their games are very inconsistent. And very, by very, I mean week to week. They come out with a really good win and a tight win one week. The next week they get blown out. The next week they blow someone out back to the inconsistency. And that's not going to get anything done considering uh, their team isn't very good to begin with in terms of depth as well as they play inside. So the minute they go outside, Matt Ryan is going to get worse. Uh, so a good win by the Bucks. They stay uh, atop the NFC or towards the top tier of the NFC. Uh, so we'll see how this shakes up between Arizona, Tampa Bay, and Green Bay uh, going towards the last quarter of the season as to for the seeding for the playoffs. Next game on the docket, the Cardinals beat the Bears 33-22. Uh, this game was not as anywhere near as close as the score says. The Bears defense looks bad the last few weeks, basically the past month. It looks like they've kind of given up on on Matt Nagy as the head coach. There's going to be a shakeup in Chicago as well. Ryan Pace probably at the top of that docket uh, as probably one of the worst GMs in the league right now. Uh, there's already been whispers via the internet uh, that he's going to step into a new role next season and they're going to get another GM in there. Whether he accepts some type of role like like John Elway with the Denver Broncos, uh, where he stepped away from the GM or president slash GM role and stepped into a new football operations role. I don't know what the difference is between those two things. However, uh, if that happens, kudos to Chicago. They have Justin Fields. I know he's dinged up and hasn't looked amazing, uh, but they can rebuild that offensive line, which is horrible. Uh, start running the ball again with David Montgomery, which helped them. Uh, and basically kind of rebuild the defense that they're going to have to rebuild it and that's something that I haven't said about a Chicago Bears defense probably since I've been a football fan they've had a pretty solid defense my whole life so I it's hard to watch uh, as a Chicago Bears fan I know a few uh, from here and there uh, in my career at, at at my jobs that I've worked at some of my friends from college but uh, the Bears don't look good right now and Kyler Murray got got it done he game managed 11 of 15, only 123 yards passing, two TDs through the air. He had two rushing touchdowns as well. So for all the people out there that thought that that ankle was going to cause him issues, it, it did not at all based on the way I saw from the, the plays that I saw from that game. 
But it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see Arizona, how they're going to be able to perform outside as well in the playoffs and moving forward for the rest of the season. They got a big matchup against the Rams this week. That game is probably going to be the best game of the week in week 14. But Andy Dalton from for the for the Bears had four turnovers, four turnovers plus the fact that their defense looks a bit soft. That they never stood a chance after I would say the first the first two turnovers that Andy Dalton had in the first half. Uh, they didn't stand a chance after that. Cardinals cruise to the victory, uh, and they still sit atop the league with the best record at ten and two. Next game on the docket, the Chargers beat the Bengals 41-22. to This game was weird. I was watching it at the bottom of, of the screen while the Vikings were playing the Lions. Chargers come out to a, for, uh, come out to a 24 to nothing lead to start the game. Bengals make it 24-22 and then don't score basically anything after that. Uh, don't think they scored at all in the second half, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but fumbling issues beyond beyond that is a, a big thing I took away from this game with Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler. Both put the ball on the ground multiple times. Uh, both lost at least one of those fumbles. So that's one thing that both of them are going to have to work on. Both very huge impact players for fantasy football and for their teams in general. For the Chargers to stay relevant on offense and keep defense is honest in terms of running the football effectively and and Joe Mixon getting the production he's been getting is helping Joe Burrow and his development now Joe Burrow did dislocate or break a finger in this game not sure exactly how that's going to shake up I'm going to keep an eye on that for our injury updates podcast that will come out either tomorrow or Thursday but it's very interesting. And and one other thing on Burrow, uh, I know he's dealing with the injury. I know he played through it in the second half, and they you, you saw clips, and if you didn't see them, go online and check them out uh, via Twitter or YouTube or what have you. He was trying to throw the ball in the second half on the sideline, and he was in a huge amount of pain. So that finger was causing huge issues in the second half, which is why they did not score a single point or weren't even competitive after uh, getting the game close to a uh, two-point game when it was 24-22. to 22. But that, that, the inconsistency on both of these teams is what's going to hold them back. Now the Bengals' defense played well the first half of the season. Now they've been kind of clawing to stay in football games. And their offense has generated a decent amount of points in shootouts, but that's when Joe Mixon can run the ball. They're not getting out to big leads with uh, by Joe Burrow's arm th- that often in the second half of the season, or the second half of so far, which is the last seven weeks. And you could say the exact same thing for the Chargers as well, with Justin Herbert being inconsistent week to week, as well as their defense being still a bottom three team against the run and their secondary is still hurt they're still dinged up at the secondary and all of the secondary positions uh so inconsistency is what's going to hold both of those teams back but let's see how they act uh moving forward with a both of them have a decent amount of divisional games left for the end of the season so going to be interesting to see how they shake up next on the list the dolphins beat the giants 20 to 9 uh, the Giants are a dumpster fire. It, it's a disaster. Now, Mike Lennon got, uh, was filling in for Daniel Jones, who had a neck injury. Didn't really hear much about Daniel Jones having a neck injury until basically Friday night after I recorded the podcast. So, uh, very interesting. They kind of kept that on the down low. But Mike Lennon gets the start, gets a concussion in this football game. Giants have made multiple moves, which I'll talk about in our podcast, uh, our midweek podcast, even though it's kind of midweek right now. But Giants made multiple moves at the quarterback position. 
uh, to see what's going on with that. Daniel Jones looks awful. Their offense in general looks awful. They may just have to clean house minus the defense, which I don't think is possible. Uh, and the reason I don't think it's possible is because I think their defense is pretty high in the cap. Now, the cap, it will move this year. They're thinking somewhere near $30 million added. So right now it's at $182.5 million per team per year. They're looking at $30 million more, uh, upwards of a little more than $210 million. So that, that helps every NFL team. So people are going to be unloading contracts they don't want just to gain more cap room at the end of the season. We can talk more about that when the season's over. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they don't do much well. Uh, and Saquon Barkley has been dinged up. They're, every one of their playmakers on offense at the wide receiver position has been dinged up. Bad quarterback play. And, and I guess you could say inconsistent defensive play as well. Uh, whereas their defense can give up 17, but they can't score it. So what is the point? Uh, Tua looks great. Again, game manager, not throwing the ball hugely down the field. I did hear something on a podcast I listened to yesterday about why the Dolphins and Tua Tonga-Vailoa do not throw the ball down the field. And it makes a lot of sense because I didn't really think about it. Uh, their offensive line is terrible on at least one side of the of the football, one side of the center. And it's, it's, ba- it's bad to the point where they have to call these plays because Tua can't be protected long enough. Similar to the situation as the Bears, similar to situation as uh, the – yeah, no, the Bears. The Bears is who I was thinking of. But it, it, that's the thing. If your quarterback doesn't have enough time to throw the ball, they can't get it out. What's the point of running a 30-yard a deep in if by the time they get twenty, your wide receiver gets 20 yards down the field, it, you're sacked anyway? There, there's no point. And, and honestly, with Andy Dalton in there, or even with, with Daniel Jones in there for either of the teams with bad offensive lines, they're not great at throwing on the run. And Justin Fields isn't great at throwing on the run either. If it's Patrick Mahomes, I understand. But you have quarterbacks that can't throw on the run. Uh, Daniel Jones is relatively mobile, yet he can't throw on the run. So he's going to have to work on that if he's even in a Giants uniform next next season. Uh, but the, but Miami looks good. They've won five in a row. Uh, one of the longest streaks in the NFL right now. Uh, competing with the Chiefs. Competing with the Patriots. Uh, it, it's... It, Miami looks good, and I think they turned it on just a tad too late. They may be able to sneak into the wild card. The AFC is pretty strong right now. Uh, listen, it's it, there's a lot of teams over 500 and a lot of teams in that wild card race. So it, they're going to have to keep winning, and they're going to have to win every week. They're going to have to run the table to, to stand a chance, and they can. We've talked about it uh, even earlier last week with the with the preview show. We talked about them running the table against their their opponents that either haven't been playing to their capabilities or are just worse than the the way the Dolphins have been playing so far and should be favored and win these football games. Next on the list, the Eagles beat the Jets 33 to 18. The Jets defense is horrible. Uh worst defense in the league. They were pretty close in this football game. It was a lot closer than you would have thought through the first half. Uh Gardner Minshew makes the start for the injured Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Jets' defense gives up basically everything. Uh, they Gardner they made Gardner Minshew look like a, a Heisman Trophy winner, and, and it, that's honestly honest to God. And Gard, I have nothing against Gardner Minshew. I have nothing against him. Pretty decent backup. Probably could start for maybe a quarter of the teams in the NFL right now. Uh, I wouldn't be mad if he was playing on the Vikings. To be quite honest with you, decent arm can can evade sacks. 
Uh, he's not he's not slow. Uh, his arm's relatively good. So, uh, and from what I've seen with him on the Jaguars, and with what I've seen just in this game. Uh, for him playing against the Eagles as well. Uh, good story, Gardner Minshew. Good story. T- take a look. Wik- Wikipedia, Gardner, Gardner Minshew. He's been through a lot of stuff. Uh, he's had a decent career, uh, even with some with a troubled past. So uh, it's 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 interesting to me. But but that brings up the Eagles' dilemma. Now they have three first round picks this year. They have one from Miami. They have one from the Colts and the Carson Wentz trade, and they have their own. Now they have Gardner Minshew, who they basically proved in this football game, granted it was against the Jets, can throw the football. And he can hand the football off if they want to be run-centric. Now, what do you do with Jalen Hurts or what do you do with Gardner Minshew? Uh, You could probably get a decent pick for either of them if you decide to go with one and get rid of the other. Now, I'm not a huge fan of either of them. I'm not the biggest Jalen Hurts fan, uh, but he does have the, the threat of the run, which you have to take into consideration uh, when choosing whether or not he's the one who's going to be your franchise quarterback or if you're going to go with Gardner Minshew for two year, for two or three years or what have you. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Now, if I was the, the Eagles, I would pick one and unload the other for picks, and you can build an offense around either of them or fill in gaps where they're needed. But I, honestly, if I'm the Eagles, I go with Jalen Hurts. Uh, until he proves that he's absolutely horrible, which I don't think he has yet. He's had a few bad games. Everybody has a stinker. But honestly, go with Jalen Hurts, build around him, build an offense around him, kind of like when he was back at Oklahoma with CeeDee Lamb uh, and a lot of the playmakers that he had in college, uh, and see what happens because right now the Eagles' defense is great. They gave up a few bad, a few big plays today to the Jets. Kudos to Zach Wilson on a few good throws, but th- their defense has played solid for the fe- for the past few months. The, I would say the past two months, uh, the Eagles' defense has been a top ten defense in the league. Next on the list, the Steelers beat the Ravens twenty to nineteen. Ravens go for two at the end of the game uh, to try and win it rather than take it to OT. They dealt with a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the football to a lot of corners. Their star corner Marlon Humphrey out for the season. Well, I'll go over him as well, even though it was a big impact player in this football game. Uh, so I decided might as well bring it up now. Uh, shoulder injury. He's going to be out for the season because I believe it requires surgery. But they were basically out of corners, and that's the reason why John Harbaugh went for it, went for the two-point conversion, which they had wide open just with a bad throw from Lamar Jackson. I don't blame him at all. You're on the road. Your defense hasn't been able to stop Pittsburgh in the last quarter and a half. Pittsburgh only had three points at halftime. They started scoring midway through the third quarter, and their offense started to, to kick into high gear. They scored seven, 17 in the fourth quarter, so it, it's very... It's a very iffy, iffy call. He made a good play call, not good execution. Can't. I know John Harbaugh is probably going to take a lot of heat for going for two and losing that game. I don't blame him one bit, to be quite honest with you. But Lamar Jackson for the for the Baltimore Ravens has looked bad for the last. What should I say? I, I don't know. Six weeks. Uh, he hasn't looked good. They haven't scored twenty points in a month. It's very iffy. Now, they've been carried by their defense, which now has taken on a lot of injuries, especially in the secondary positions. It it seems like they might regress a bit, which is one of the reasons he wanted to go in there, get the two-point conversion, take the win, and get out of there, uh, which, once again, don't blame him for. 
but but the Ravens are in the in the thick of things. That AFC North division is a wild division. You have, you have no idea what's going on with the Browns and Baker Mayfield, but they can run the ball and play defense. The the Bengals are inconsistent yet can put up 40 points every other week. You have the Steelers who just love to hang around even though Big Ben looks like he's quote unquote washed up and is going to retire at the end of the season. Now, do I think Big Ben ends up retiring after this season? Absolutely. Do I think that teams are going to try and inquire him to come to their football team? Absolutely. Just like every other team, you would think, oh, who wants Big Ben? He's washed up. A team always needs a quarterback, especially a veteran one. Now, if they're going to try and put, if whatever team tries to acquire him, tries to make him a backup quarterback, that's not going to work. It's Big it's Big Ben Roethlisberger. It, it, that's not how it works. Uh, but the Baltimore Ravens, we're in the thick of things right now in the, in the push for the playoffs, and they need to figure it out. And by figuring it out, I think that they win football games regardless of their injury status, but they need to get these players back, all the ones that they possibly can. Because this AFC wildcard race and the beginning of the of the playoffs in general for the AFC is going to be highly competitive. And they're going to need to be on their on the ball. So if Lamar Jackson's going to struggle for a month, be glad he's struggling a month as a Ravens fan right now and not going into week 17. Next on the list, the Seahawks beat the 49ers 30-23. to uh, This is the first game in a while where the better quarterback won. Uh, I've, I've, I generally rule of thumb will like a quarterback versus quarterback and pick the better quarterback to win the football game. Now with spreads and over unders, it gets a little bit weird depending on how you're picking, how big the spread is, where the game's at, what the weather's like. But if you're telling me right now that I don't know the record of these two teams, I would lean better quarterback and then lean home team. So Russell Wilson has been bad for a few weeks ever since he came back from his finger surgery. Uh, he played well in this football game, threw a pick that once again should have been a touchdown, yet his his tight end could not hold on to the football. Gerald Everett, who then fumbled as well in this game, not a good game for Gerald Everett if anybody started him in fantasy this week. Uh but let's talk about the 49ers special teams. They are 28th in the league. They give up a, a, a long run on a fake punt. More than 70-yard run to, to Travis Homer, um, and, and nobody was there on a fake punt. Nobody was even close to him. He, he basically walked down the middle of the field. And, and Jimmy G looked bad. And Jimmy G has these games where you just don't know where he's throwing the football. And every time he misses a target, it's high. Now, if you miss targets low, the ground cannot, the ground's not going to act as the 12th defender. If you throw the ball high in the NFL, it will probably get picked off, which is typically what happens to Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo when he's not on. Now, they were able to run the football effectively uh, a little bit, dinged up uh, Eli Mitchell again. Uh, they've been dealing with injuries at the running back position all year, but George Kittle had nine catches for over 180 yards. And he looked great in this game. Looked like one of the only reliable targets that they had on offense all day. Now, the 49ers have a little bit of issues going into the playoffs. Like, who is their secondary? If Josh Norman is your best corner, we have problems. He has more penalty yards in the league, I think, than every secondary as a team combined. Uh, he just holds. Uh, and, and, and DPIs are crazy. His pass interference plays are ridiculously high in volume. It's ridiculous. 
But the Seahawks are pretty much out of it. They can play spoiler as they did in this game. 49ers lose by a touchdown at home. Uh, the 49ers schedule coming up a little bit a little bit rough. Uh, they got Cincinnati. They have a few more divisional games as well. Uh, but they usually play good against the Rams, so we'll see what happens. But they're in pretty much in the driver's seat right now for at least the seventh seed. Uh, impending an implosion, which absolutely could happen with Jimmy Garoppolo at starting quarterback. Yay, nay, I think yay. Next on the list, the Rams beat the Jaguars 37-7. No qualms about that. Not really a surprise. Jacksonville has been blown out and blown out good by a lot of teams all season. Uh, Cooper Cup stays hot. He has 100 catches and over 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns uh, through 13 games. That's amazing. He's got 100 catches now with, what, five games left? That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable how good Cooper Cup has been playing this year. I saw uh, an interview with him, and I think it was Aaron Andrews on the field after the game uh, explaining defensive coverage and what he saw. Very intelligent kid. Very intelligent kid. Uh, and he didn't have that many suitors uh, in the draft. He he dropped farther than people would have thought, and for not good that good reason, uh, because I don't believe that that NFL football teams do enough to try and compare players that go to smaller schools uh, to players that go to bigger schools, and sometimes the players that go to bigger schools get a little bit more, a little bit more umph in their resume versus the players that went to smaller schools that get downgraded a bit. But uh, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. catches a touchdown for the first time in almost two years. Well, two NFL years. It's crazy. It caught a touchdown pass. Good job for Odell. Glad he found a spot that he's going to be used. Uh, maybe not used as much as he would like, but at least used nonetheless. Uh, the Rams defense played well against the Jags. It's not hard to do that. Trevor Lawrence and the offensive scheme for the Jacksonville Jaguars is a joke. They are they were fumbling the football. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have any reliable targets. Uh, Laquan Treadwell again is, leads them in targets and in receiving yards. I still don't understand how that's possible with Marvin Jones on your team. I uh, don't understand why Laquan Treadwell is your main target, but welcome to the Jacksonville Jaguars and trying to figure them out. And uh, l- listen, Matthew Stafford proved the haters wrong. He can play. Uh, without making huge mistakes. Uh, the Jaguars are still an NFL team, so regardless of how you you want to put this on Matthew Stafford and how well he played versus a not-that-quality opponent, uh, he played well. Three touchdowns, no turnovers, uh, found his targets when they were open, made some good quality throws. They were able to run the football effectively even without Daryl Henderson uh, with Sony Michelle, which is good to see. Uh, but what did the Jaguars do? when they look to 2022 because their season's clearly over. Like, what can you keep if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, And what happens with Urban Meyer? I've been talking about Urban Meyer leaving this team all season, and I'm standing by that take. Whether it's true or not, I'm going to stand by my take. I think Urban Meyer's done either by the end of the season or in the the offseason. He will not coach the Jaguars next year. He clearly cannot. Their offensive coordinator, a.k.a., probably mostly him, uh, their scheme is terrible. Now, whether it be the partly the personnel, okay, I'll give you that, partly the personnel, but they have quality players at the running back position, at the tight end position, and at least Marvin Jones Jr. and LaVisca Chenault at wide receiver. Uh, their offensive line is suspect. That's fine. I'll, you, I'll give you that. 
but run some play actions, run some good plays, and let him throw the ball down the field. I don't know how many times that Trevor Lawrence has thrown for more than 200 yards in a game, but I don't think it's more than half. I think he's thrown for less than 200 yards in almost every game this season. You guys can go back and stat check me on that, which I more than freely tell you to do to double check me, but it doesn't look good in Jacksonville. So I I don't know. But you know where it looks honestly probably a little worse? Houston. Next game on the docket, the Colts beat the Houston Texans 31-0. to I literally counted on the Texans to score 14 for this over to hit of 44.5, which they scored zero, uh, and I would have hit. But uh, Jonathan Taylor, again, cruising. They're going to lean on him all season until they can find somebody or some team to shut him down. Their offensive line is really great. Uh, at blocking for him he sees he has good vision through the holes you can lean on him and his fumbling issues in college do not seem like they translated in the NFL he did lose a fumble uh, and he's only lost a few all season but uh, once again solid game from him Tyrod Taylor was benched in this game for Davis Mills Uh, unbelievable Davis Mills probably though he started a little bit earlier than most teams would have started him based on his what should I say, skill set to lead a football team uh, with Tyrod getting hurt with the hamstring earlier this season. But Tyrod played so bad that Davis Mills came in and they both threw for less than 50 yards against the Colts defense. And that leads me to my final take about the Indianapolis Colts. I do not, and I would not, if I was a fan of a team in the playoffs that's in the AFC, I would not want to face the Indianapolis Colts at all in the playoffs. The way their defense has played, the way Carson Wentz is not making bad decisions, and the way Jonathan Taylor is running the football, I want no part of the Indianapolis Colts, and they are a scary team going into the playoffs. Now, they haven't guaranteed a spot in it yet in the playoffs. They're close. They're right on the cusp right now. So we'll see what happens with them in the next few weeks. They could implode. It's very possible. Not the craziest thing I've ever seen or would have seen in the NFL, but the Colts look scary right now, and they're going to be a huge problem, especially if they get a home game uh, or play inside at all uh, because I don't trust Carson Wentz really outside in bad weather. I do trust Jonathan Taylor more than I trust Carson Wentz. Uh, but if, if if Carson Wentz, all he has to do is game manage, uh, hit some plays when he needs to, and basically hand the ball off and the game off to Jonathan Taylor, I love the Colts for the rest of the season. Next on the list, the Washington football team beat the Raiders 17-15. to The Washington football team just continues to find ways to win. They are on a win streak as well. Got right into the NFC wildcard race with Minnesota losing, with Carolina on a bye week, with the Vikings losing to the Lions. Uh, and, and basically the 49ers losing as well. They hopped right up the, the, the ladder of the getting to the NFL playoffs situation. But listen, Taylor Heineke looks good right now, and they're able to run the football effectively, and their defense kicked it into high gear. Now, you could say similarly, probably playing like their divisional counterpart, the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles defense has played well. They've been able to run the football, and the quarterback's been able to game manage through to get victories. There's multiple teams playing like this right now, and if the Minnesota Vikings had anything like that in leadership on their offense, they could do the same thing as well with how piss poor their defense is played. But basically reverse of what I just said, the offense could carry. They could win in a bunch of shootouts. Give They could give up 25 as long as they score 35. 
it, it just it just isn't happening in Minnesota, but it is happening in Washington, and it is happening in at the Philadelphia Eagles as well, and it's happening in Indianapolis. There's teams that are making a push right now that people didn't expect based on where they stood a month ago, and that's basically how the NFL goes, but it seems like it's been going more like that this year than in previous years, not counting, obviously, the weird COVID year last year. Next on the list, the Sunday night football game, the Chiefs beat the Broncos 22-9. to Everybody and every sports media figure that I can see on the internet via podcast, via NFL Live, via all of these people debating whether or not the Chiefs are back, whether or not they're playing well enough to be uh, very high up in the AFC standings, listen. I know the Chiefs are winning football games the way we never expected the Chiefs to win football games. I get that, but they're winning them. And Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the league. Patrick Mahomes is still one of the best game managers, not even game managers. He's one of the best leaders as a quarterback that I've seen in a while. And that I've seen in a while. Now, I know Patrick Mahomes has struggled lately. I know their offense seems like it's sputtering, but that defense is real. They are causing mayhem for some of these football teams they're playing right now. I get it. Travis Kelsey struggling. Tyreek Hill struggling. Patrick Mahomes has had less one touchdown pass or less in the last five games. I know. He's turning the football over. They're dropping passes. Their their special teams hasn't been relatively great. But they're winning football games they need to win. This was a big divisional game away. Like it, It was a big game. This is a big this was a big game for the Kansas City Chiefs and they came out victorious. They got another big game coming up within the division, so we'll see what happens. But listen, I, I it doesn't matter that it's not what you're used to seeing. You saw the best quarterback play that you've seen ever. Uh if, if you're less than 30 years old, you've seen the, probably the best quarterback play ever in the past 3 years from Patrick Mahomes on in that offense. With those players, he was making throws you never thought he would make. He was making every throw. I understand that it's not what you're used to seeing, but the Chiefs are still winning football games, and it doesn't matter how you win it. The W still looks the same when you write it down, and so does the L. So he's getting Ws, and that's all the Chiefs need right now to keep rolling because they are going to get or at least compete for that top AFC seed and possibly get a bye. The team that they're going to have to probably snatch that away from at some point is the final team, uh, the final game, I guess I should say, that we're going to go over, is the Patriots winning on Monday Night Football. Took the Patriots plus three, took the over before I realized the weather. Uh, So I probably should have looked at the weather before I took the over of 43. Uh, But the Patriots win 14 to 10 against the Bills. The Bills struggled in the weather. They can't run the football that effectively. Josh Allen wasn't wasn't able to substitute that in this football game so that they could keep them uh, ahead as much as possible. Uh, but they he, Josh Allen threw for 145 yards. Stephon Diggs four catches in this game led the team, and, and and the Bills just can't run the football, and that's the problem. You get into these outdoor games, you got to be able to run the football, and it doesn't mean you need a top five back to do so, but you need an offensive line that is going to block for, or at least give your running back a big enough hole to make a cut to go up five yards. A five-yard run helps a lot in the NFL. And I feel like a lot of teams are either trying to run for 20 or they're getting stuffed for negative three. That's what I've noticed the last few weeks, just an avid football fan watching football games. On repeat, live, it doesn't matter. Teams are trying to hit big plays more than they're trying to move the chains. 
and, and and teams that move the chains and play defense are typically more reliable teams, which is basically the New England Patriots. Mac Jones threw the ball three times the entire game. He was two of three for 19 yards. That is unbelievable. They ran the football 46 times for 202 yards, and that includes the five for negative three yards from Mac Jones. That is unbelievable. I don't understand how how that's even possible considering that I understand in the first half you don't want to get burnt uh, as a as a Buffalo Bills defensive player or defensive coordinator or the head coach for the Bills but you got to understand they were never trying to throw the football so put them everyone in the box they it was well into the third quarter they were still not it, it doesn't matter make Mac Jones throw the ball in 25 mile an hour winds and it probably feels like it's 20 degrees make him do that Go go man to man on the outside. Put single high safety. Put everybody else in the box. Like they're running the football with Ramondre Stevenson or with Damian Damian Harris. They're just running it all day. Anytime scorer, I think on DraftKings was plus six fifty for Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. I I should have taken both of them honestly. Like both, I, take them both because the the payout will be good enough. It's seven to one. So you just hit one of them, you should be fine. It's it's unbelievable, but Mac Jones once again throws the ball three times and they win by four. This defense is so well coached by Bill Belichick, and their offensive scheme right now is so good. It I don't know I don't know what to say about the Patriots. I never expected this. I picked them in the divisional the divisional recaps before the season started. I picked the Patriots to go seven and ten or eight and nine, and they are currently what nine and three. This is unbelievable, and the fact that they're able to do it proves that Mac Jones is everything coming out of college that we expected. Mac Jones is a, a, a very accurate quarterback who's going to be able to game manage you wins, and he was the most NFL-ready quarterback that came out of the, fir- the, the draft in the first round. Out of all the quarterbacks drafted in the first round, Mac Jones was the most NFL-ready, and you put him with the, one of the best coaches of all time. With a with an awesome offensive line and two awesome running backs uh, behind him, that he doesn't have to be. Mac Jones doesn't have to be amazing. He does not have to be amazing. All he's got to do is game manage them to wins. As long as their defense plays the way it is, now Mac Jones is going to run into issues when they play inside against a very formidable opponent. Whether that be the end of this season, by the end of the season, or in the playoffs. That's going to be the issue you're going to have to deal with when Mac Jones has to get you wins with his arm. But if they can keep the games close, run the football when they want to, and not go out of the shotgun, they're going to be winning games every week. And they've been winning games for weeks now. It's been almost two months since they since they lost. They're just continuing to roll teams that are just not good enough to beat them, and they're playing at the top of their caliber, the top of their skill set. Everybody is playing amazing. The the tight even from the tight ends catching the shorter passes from Mac Jones. The wide receivers catching the mid to longer level passes in very small volumes and catching them all and turning them into big plays. And Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson for being above average running backs as a tandem who can keep who can clearly carry the ball more than forty times as a combo. It's crazy what we've been seeing from them. And the Bills have struggled on offense and on defense lately. Now, the defense, not as much as the offense lately, but they're not getting much much of anything going on offense unless it's against the Jets or the Jaguars 
or the Houston Texans. And and that's a problem going into the playoffs. That's something you have to keep in mind. And whether you're a fan or, or just trying to make an objective take as to what you're seeing week in and week out from these 32 NFL football teams, how are you playing against good opponents, whether you win or lose, and how are you playing against bad opponents? You can learn a lot from both sides. Now, if you're clo- get, you're getting into close games with bad opponents, you got stuff to look at on tape. If you're only playing good against bad opponents and playing bad against good opponents, you've got a lot of stuff to look at on tape. Now, most of these issues with these football teams is player performance and coaching. Most of them. Now, some teams are bitten bit with the injury bug. I'll blame a little of that on the Vikings, not an excuse by any means. But without your best two linebackers, your best corner, and a team that a defensive unit that doesn't look like they respect Mike Zimmer, the head coach and defensive guru, they're in for a rude awakening the rest of the season. And I'm looking forward to the shakeup uh, that the Vikings will endure, uh, whether that be by the end of the season or after uh, through the offseason. Uh, but very impressive win, nonetheless, going back to the Patriots. Big win. Got a Patriots fan at work. Josh, shout out to you, Josh. You told me they were going to win. You told me they were going to keep winning. I doubted you a bit. Uh, but I, I think I'm jumping on the wagon, and I think the Patriots are real. All right, guys, that's the entire Week 13 slate. I know we are back one day from our normal Monday for the recap show. Wanted to wait for the for the Monday night game to come out. Didn't want to do Monday uh, Monday night football best bets this week. So saw it basically fitting. I uh, will come out with the midweek pod either tomorrow or on Thursday, which then will leave either Friday or Saturday for the preview show for week 14. Uh, I will give some player props, maybe some Thursday night football action when the Vikings take on the Pittsburgh Steelers at home in Minnesota. Uh, so look forward to that as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate all the word of mouth spreading for the podcast. I really appreciate that. Uh, for all the listeners out there from California on the West Coast to the East Coast, I uh, hope you guys are rearing up for a good holiday season. Got some good football left to play. Uh, so please remember to follow me on Twitter, uh, Cole Hate at the all at All In Man Cave Pod. That's Twitter is at All In Man Cave Pod. Also. Uh, podcast is available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts, as well as a few others like Alexa, Amazon Music, uh, as well as Google Podcasts. So please leave a review. Uh, leave me some feedback on either my Twitter or possibly my Facebook page. Uh, Facebook page is Cole Hate, C O L E H A Y D as in dog, T as in Tom. Another great week in the books. I know the Vikings took an L, but still, nonetheless, good football going on. So. We are rearing up, getting close to the end of the NFL football season, but then we still got the playoffs, so hopefully going to get some some good bets in, uh, get hit on one of these parlays, and uh, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I will see you guys either Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, like I said, I usually record the podcast around 4, so they should be up by the end of the night. Uh, either of those nights so whether you're listening to this on whether you guys are going to listen to this either 
Tuesday night, later tonight, or Wednesday. Uh, just keep an eye out for the next release of the next podcast, uh, and go back in the go back in the feed wherever you listen to to the podcast on whatever platform that is, uh, and give some of the older older uh, episodes a, a listen. To give them a listen, see if you can catch me in some BS. Uh, I challenge you to, to catch me. I want all the feedback I can get. Uh, remember the Twitter. Remember the Facebook. Uh, remember to spread the word about the All in Man Cave podcast. So uh, until the midweek pod. Later. Later.